This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to the Principal Leadership Lab, a podcast experience created for you by two public school administrators. Without further ado, let's join Jeff and Adam in this week's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of the Principal Leadership Lab, season two currently on episode 10, Adam. That means we're almost to 100. How are you doing, my friend? Doing great. Can you believe it's been almost two years of podcasting now? I, I can't believe it. I mean, this is this is like a total of almost probably 75, 80 episodes. And I just I still can't get over it. I can't I can't believe yeah. it. I remember we didn't know quite where to end season one, but it made sense like after a year or so of, of being in this, you know, then that was season one, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if other people do it differently, but that's how we did it. <laughs> that's how we did it. We have a lot of things to celebrate too. The uh, winter is coming to an end. It's 40 degrees right now in Marinette and it's uh, it feels good outside and baseball is back in session, even though I'm still mad uh, about baseball. I'm mad about their little behavior, but I'm glad they're going to be throwing the ball again. Yeah, I know. That's okay. I, I am too, but, and I don't know, like I, I never understood like, a lot of people dropped baseball when that when the major that major strike happened and they've never gone back to it. like I don't know how you could do that I, I just I can't imagine not watching baseball not cheering for the Cubs yep. you know? the Cubs Chrissy the Cubs we'll have to make sure she sticks to that line Jeff uh speaking of Chrissy let's bring in our guest Adam we are honored to have today special education teacher Ed Eshwabanan serving on the Oconto Unified School District Board of Ed up in Wisconsin, where she's currently the president of the board in a lifetime Oconto Blue Devil currently and has two district, two children in your district, Adam. I know. Chrissy, come holla. Chrissy, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeff? Oh, great. We're glad to have you in and so if it's my understanding, and we talked a little bit about this in the pre-show, you have two kids. Now, are they currently with Adam or have they gone through or are they going through? Well, they've both had Adam um, in some way, shape or form. Um, my oldest, Mitchell, he's a senior this year. So this is his last year under Adam's leadership. Um, and then my daughter, Jalen, she's in eighth grade. So she's had him as a middle school principal and will now have him as a high school principal next year. Wow. Wow. So many years uh, Adam DeWitt. Uh, Mitchell was going to have the benefit of having Dr. Prickett as a commencement speaker, but he quit on us. So Jeff's oh, a no. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, Chrissy, Adam invited me to come in and do the commencement speech. But it would have been great. Well, thank you. It would have been an honor. It really would have. However, our commencement got moved to the exact same date as yours. First time ever in McHenry, Illinois' history at the high school level where we've had graduation on a Saturday. What's the, what's the what's the switch for? What's well, the we uh, a number of things. I mean, first of all, we went we moved 
from two comprehensive high schools into one. So we now have a freshman campus and an upper campus. So we merged and brought all the kids together in, in the upper campus. Um, and second of all, uh, we're, we're getting turf this summer. <laughs> so so uh, they wanted to get in before graduation, but we're like, no, 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 no. We're probably going to have to, because of the massive increase in students in the, in the graduating mm-hmm. class, have to have graduation um, uh, uh, on, the, on the field. And yeah. so we, we, we've, you know, we usually don't have it on the field. It's usually in the gym, but we can't hold the graduation in the gym unless we break it up into two ceremonies. So wow. Wow. And we're going to be ready for that. The only way we're going to do that though, is if it rains and then we'll have two ceremonies in the gym. So Yuck. can you imagine luck with that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's going to be fun. The community community was all in favor of, uh, of having at McCracken field here on the football field and on a Saturday. So it'll, it'll be different, something different for the community. Always changing, right? We're excited about it, right? And you and you're all your your graduations on that Saturday as well. And um, it is is it in the gym? I didn't ask you that, Adam. It is. Yep, it is. Uh, we have a good facility for it, and I think our graduating class is like seventy two students, so we can easily fit them on seats on the floor, and then have the bleachers mm-hmm. for guests. So we have plenty of space for that amount of student population. Yeah. Our yeah, our, but, uh, great, our graduating class is about five sixty three. So yeah, um, a little bit bigger. But we yeah, can't just a little. We can't fit them in the gym altogether. But, with all, I mean, with all the guests, we can't. You know, we still haven't secured our commend speaker. We have a couple in the works, but you know, if Joe is available, you said he's a good talker. So he, Who's, Joe Kamala. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I thought you were going to go Joe Sanfilippo. I'm like, yeah, if you can yeah, go, he's great. probably having. He probably has commencement then too. Because he, I know Joey's available that day because he's going to be at graduation. Oh so you know. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I would do it before I'd let him. Just kidding. <laughs> well, awesome. I'm looking forward to this episode because technically, Chrissy, I mean, you're Adam's boss as the, as the board president there in Oconto. So Adam will probably be, uh, uh, unfortunately, on his best behavior today. So I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's see. I don't know. Adam, I don't know if I ever come across that way, though, when I'm working with you guys or no. I'm no. So it's, it's pretty casual between us. So that's that's, that's been wonderful. And That's in eight it. years in Ocanto, this is actually my ninth school year, but eight calendar years, it's, um, oh no, this is my eighth school year because Mitchell was a fifth grader when I started. So I will have his eighth grade commencement. I'll have his ninth grade or 12th grade commencement. Wow. And uh, we have very little drama on our school board, Jeff. It's, a, it's been a really blessing to be a part of an organization that has so few ups and downs. I mean, it's been, I mean, obviously we've had hiccups or stub our toe or, you know, issues within our community, but overall, I mean, we have a pretty stable um, organization from, from the leadership. Yeah. Our, our board is, our board has a lot of a variety of backgrounds that come to the table. So that helps, you know, mm-hmm. to guide those decisions that have to be made and the insight into those. So we've been very, very lucky. And they make really good decisions on hiring Jeff. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah. Apparently <laughs> so. Yeah. No doubt about that. I was going to say that, but you beat yeah. me to yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. Well, we'll see how your commencement speech choice yeah. goes for whoever's coming in. Then we can, we can talk, Adam. Yeah, we, well, we're, we're down to two people right now. I do have an idea for the future that I'd like to offer to the seniors for um, like in September and October. Right now, I can't. I just need to go a little faster. But mm-hmm. September and October and have the seniors give like five or six names and then have them go with me to recruit those people to have. So Absolutely. they have a voice in that game. So mm-hmm. even their junior year, you know, it's never. Yeah, that would be OK, start. too. Yep. But then people like Jeff just drop out. So you might too soon, they might just drop out. That's hey, right. As, you got to have as, a few extras in case. As educators, we know to have a plan B, right? That's yep. right. 
gotta have a plan B and, and sometimes plan C that's all <laughs> too often. So Chris, well, you know, one of yeah. the things that, uh, um, we, we don't want to hear more about me and Jeff because hundred episodes or so, right? 70, 80 episodes, whatever people can learn about us. But why don't you tell us about, about you and how you started to, to become a special education teacher and then a leader on a school board. And for clarity, for anybody that's listening, out of the tens of thousands of listeners, right, Jeff? That's right. Tens of, tens of thousands. thousands. Okay, maybe thousands. But out of our listeners, Jeff and I strongly believe that teachers are leaders too. So it is very clear to me that they lead more people often in a school day than I do. I have maybe 15 to 25 staff members, but every teacher's classroom has at least 25 kids in there. So it's important to understand. So if you're a teacher listening today and you hear Chrissy talking, it's extremely important to understand that you have as much leadership taking place within your classrooms as we do within a building. So go ahead, Chrissy, tell us who you are and how you got started with education. Well, um, I was born and raised in O'Connell. Um, my parents met here, got married here. Um, and that's kind of how I started. But growing up, I lived out in the country. Um, and down the road from us, there was um, a boy who had an indoor swimming pool. And I thought that that was the coolest thing ever. And his family was so kind and so nice. And um, he had a younger sister. And the interesting thing about him is that, um, you know, he had cerebral palsy. So we would go over, my sister, my older sister and I um, would go over and visit and she would babysit. Well, as she got older and moved on um, to other things, I got her job and I got to care for him. And we would put him in the pool and he would get his physical exercise that way. And that was kind of my first dabble into taking care of someone other than a cousin or a friend's kid. Um, And it really, that led me into wanting to go into special education and to work with with people with special needs. So from there, went through high school at um, O'Connell High School and took on some leadership roles there too, um, whether it was in swing choir or the yearbook advisor, um, different sports teams, um, and kind of dabbled in that way. So, you know, I I had some of those leadership abilities already there to start and to sprout. Um, Went to UW-Madison for two years, you know, small town girl, big campus, um, figured out that UW-Milwaukee was a better fit. Mm. and thought that I wanted to be a speech pathologist, a speech therapist and work in the schools. I thought maybe teaching wasn't that route. Maybe I wanted to do this because then I could work in a nursing home or in a hospital setting. But as I took a couple of those classes, I figured, nah, I don't think that's what I want to do. I really want to get in the classroom and teach and help kids to learn. Um, So my student teaching was done in Milwaukee, downtown, right by the Brown Bottle Brewery um, at MEC, Milwaukee Education Center and had the best experience in a middle school there. I actually got to stay the whole year and work with the students that I was with um, versus just a semester. And, you know, spent some time in a kindergarten classroom in Milwaukee and a third grade classroom at a year round school, which was unique and interesting, but found that I just jived better with that middle school level of a student and their humor. And yet they're still little kids yet they think they're 18 years old. So I found that that was, you know, my best fit to be a teacher. and came back and wanted to work in O'Connell. There wasn't a whole lot of opportunity at that time and reached out to some neighboring areas and got a job in Ashwaubenon and I've been there for 22 years. That's so that's where I started. Yeah. Thanks. 22 years of anything is hard work. So mm-hmm. most of it in sixth grade special ed. So um, more of an inclusive classroom where I go in and help the kids in the classroom, um, do some small group too. But I also did a couple years stint as an EBD self-contained teacher as well. 
I'm sure that you've uh, noticed some ebbs and flows within the philosophy of, of public school and especially in special education from mm -hmm. self-contained to inclusion. I mean, those are some of the spectrum things within there from one end to the other. So how, how do you adjust to that? Because sometimes it feels like we don't have control. We are giving given these things from either the federal government or state government. Mm -hmm. So how do you navigate that and still maintain some, some of your, your practices that you keep going within your classroom? You know, I think that as for being in it as long as I have, I think the, you realize that it does come full circle. It comes back to where it started at one point because since I've been where I have, it's, it's, it's gone full circle plus another halfway around. So, um, you know, I think experience helps with that. And I think, you know, when you're a new teacher too, you know, you keep your eyes open and um, I didn't always keep my mouth quiet. I did speak up when I needed to, but I listened a lot to um, the veteran teachers around me and learned how to navigate those waters and when you're being told to do things, even if you're not 100% sure that it's right, you know, for your style or, you know, you try and do what's in the kid's best interest and, um, but you still have to, you know, maneuver those waters a little bit and it can be tough because um, you, you're trying to, you're trying to make everybody happy. We know that that's not always possible. Um, so I guess I just learned to go with the flow and you just have to not not, not let it bother you. I think my first couple of years of teaching, I, I really took work home with me and stressed me out. And a veteran teacher said next to me, goes, Chrissy, you work with the kids during the day. You can think about them at night. He goes, but when you put your head on your pillow, you can't, you can't be worrying about them. He goes, and once you have kids, you'll understand that. And once I had a family of my own, it did help a little bit to kind of maneuver that um, and to not stress so much about the stuff at school and to not worry about whether we were, you know, this test was modified to the best that I could do it for that student the next day, or did I collaborate enough to make sure that that lesson reached where my kids needed to, to be taught at. Um, I kind of let some of that not bother me as much. And I think that I think experience and having good people around you really helps. Yeah. I've had that advantage my entire career to be able to have quality people around me, people I look up to. And now the hard part is I look around and I'm one of the old people. And I, did, I didn't realize that until this year. Like I used to be the youngest person in every office that I worked in. And now I'm the oldest person, except for Adam Tim. He's two weeks older than me, but it's everybody else is older or younger. So it makes a difference. It is. And then, then you naturally are, are one of those leaders. You're that mentor that, you know, that you had when you first started out. And you remember, yeah. you know, how they treated you and you just want to give back to those, your peers as well and help them along the way. Yeah. yeah. Adam, you said, you said that, um, that you, you, all of a sudden one day you realize that you're not the, you know, you're the youngest person there anymore. And I think that goes nicely with what you just said, Chrissy, as well. Like all of a sudden one day we wake up and like, we realize, oh, wow, people are really listening to what I'm saying. People are really valuing what I have to say. And that just, that just doesn't, that just happens overnight sometimes. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a natural, too many people think that, oh, people don't want to hear what I have to say. They don't want to, they don't care what I have to think, but it, that just, that's just not true. But it, it comes to a certain point, you know, age has something to do with it. Years of experience has another part to do with it. But that's a that's a good point. I, I appreciate you saying that, both of you. So I don't want to have a um, I can't give this idea away because then the two of you will be writing the book. But I would like to have more leadership books. And, and trust me, I don't know everything. And you guys will both say, yeah, you know that. But I don't know everything. But when I read leadership books now and Jeff, yours is an exclusion. I'm getting to your book in a second. When I read leadership books, most of them are essentially the same thing, just with different words or a different graph or a picture or a chart. Mm -hmm. But Jeff, your book, Becoming Principal, 
is different because you share so much, so many stories in there where you learn, like I can learn your leadership style and it may not be mine, but I can learn what you had to experience and what I can do in that situation. I would love to have a teacher, a principal, a superintendent, write a book about all of those aspects of leadership with the stories. And then what did they do during that situation? Either it went well, it blew up, you know, what did you learn from the experience rather than just here's your checklist to be a good leader, because I do the checklist and I still don't always meet that cut. So Chrissy, you've got some good experiences. You should, you should take that book and you write that book. Mm, Maybe in 10 years, Adam. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're hearing a lot. We're hearing some about uh, your teaching leadership, but inside of your building. So if you step outside your classroom, have you had an opportunity to serve on any committees in Ashwaubenon? Are they similar to things that we've experienced in Okanto? Yeah, very similar. I mean, I've been part of, you know, all the acronyms change, but essentially yeah. the leadership teams, um, PLCs are the big buzzword lately or the, for the last several years. Um, mm-hmm. And that's slowly developing where we are. We're getting better at it every day. Um so I've been part of the union there. I've been part of that leadership. I've been part of our building, our special ed leadership. And then I think just, you know, just with my teaching team, I think they, they trust that they can come to me and discuss concerns that they have, whether it's whether they thought the lesson went okay or what they could change or how to work with a student or a parent and, you know, and vice versa, I go to them too. But yeah, I've held some leadership roles in my own school as well, um, you know, which gives you all that, that gusto and that, that confidence, I think, to go even bigger and better. And then that's when it led to the running for school board too. Mm-hmm. Totally. When you uh, are sitting in your classroom, so if you can step out of like maybe the Chrissy Kamhala body for a minute mm-hmm. and you start to think about other leaders, whether they're veterans or new leaders coming into the profession. So maybe a teacher that's going to be a principal, assistant principal, whatever it may be. Do you have any tips and tricks that you would think, you know, if they would just do this, this would, this would be helpful for teachers. Do you have something that you want to share? I think well, first one that came to my mind is just being a good listener. I think sometimes we're so quick to want to solve a problem. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a natural fixer, but I think along the way I've learned that I just need to listen more. And I think that, you know, I can appreciate it when people sit back and really think about what I've said or what a student has said mm. and, and mull it around and be okay to pause and think about it for a little bit and then not always try to fix it, but ask more questions. So to try and get to the heart of, you know, what really is, what really is going on? I mean, why is this a concern right now or what's troubling you or what's up, you know, what, what can I do to help? But I think listening is the biggest, the biggest thing that people can do. I've been telling that Jeff for 25 years, you need to listen to me more. (laughs) No, not, not necessarily to you, Adam, just just listen, listen, open your ears, listen a little better. Yeah, you're right. You you know, Chris, that's a great, that's a great point. I think people um, I've, I've just, I've heard that a lot, you know, that that good leaders need to listen. I've heard, you know, you say it here. I've I've listened to a couple of podcasts recently, most notably a John, John Maxwell podcast lately, where he talks about the power of listening. There's a book I'm reading, reading right now by Shane Safir called The Listening Leader. I mean, that it's, yes, it's important. And, and yes, we need to listen and not always try to fix it. And you brought up and, and we've heard that you're, you're, you're on the board in Oconto. You're actually the board president. How important is that aspect of your job as board president to listen and not necessarily want to jump in and fix things right because as as president i mean that that's a heavy responsibility and and i always marvel at the at the at board presidents when 
sometimes things get challenging and maybe let's let's say for example a parent comes to a board meeting to voice some concerns and our board president sits back and says thank you for your your bring your concerns tonight let me let us take down your name and number and i'll call you tomorrow and you know i'm sitting there sometimes and my blood is boiling maybe a little bit you know i want to f- jump in and fix it right away but yet you yet you can't because you know that you have to listen first. So is that hard for you? I mean, how have you tried to balance that as board president? I think it's hard um, only in the, in only for the fact that you, you know, when you're sitting behind the table and you have your, your peers around you and they're part of why you're there and you're listening to those concerns, my head kind of goes to all the questions. I'm always taking notes when parents are there or a concerned mm-hmm. community member, because I need to know more facts. I need to know more about what they're saying. It's hard because I want to interject with them, but that's not part of, you know, public comment section. You're not supposed to be having that conversation out loud and asking questions and for clarification. Um, So it's really hard. I know not just for myself, but for a lot of our board members to not question or to make comments and and not in a bad way, just, just more like wanting to find out and listening to them to see what else is going on. You know um, we've had several situations where community members have come over the last eight or nine years that I've been there good. They've come to express concern. They've come to express their thanks or gratitude for several different things, but it's hard to keep your mouth quiet when you're sitting back there and, and listening. But um, you know, we do follow up eventually. And I know our superintendent does a nice job of reaching out to them after the meeting and our administration does too, and our teachers, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's hard not to speak to some of that stuff because you know, you're protective. You're, you're the district that, you know, you're serving is, is another baby of yours. You know, yeah. you, you, you want to protect it. Um, but you know, that not everything's perfect too. And you want to find out more, more facts and yeah. Yeah. get to the bottom of it. I think it's going to be one of the hardest things because I sit at the board meetings too and I hear people in public comment or even certain things on the board when people talk and it's not my role to talk. So you hear it. I just take notes in case anybody does follow up with a meeting or a phone call or an email later. But thankfully, like I said earlier, we haven't had a whole lot of, obviously every board has drama or concerns from time to time, but largely we haven't had a, a large issue going on for eight years so it's good to have them pop up from time to time because i think it causes mm-hmm. some time for reflection mm-hmm. but i can only imagine what it's like for a school board and you may not even, you may not even know the background maybe i know more of the background than, it, than yeah. you do that's just it and that's why we trust you you know and we trust our superintendent to find out those facts for us because sometimes mm-hmm. this is the first we're hearing about it i'm um, oftentimes not um you know, just because when you're out and about, you hear different things, but sometimes you're kind of like, whoa, where'd that come from? Yeah. Or you're only, but you, you know, another side of that is same as a classroom and dealing with students. It's one side of the story. So you're always listening and, and wanting to find out more facts and stuff before, you know, you come to any conclusion as to where you're at with things. My kid told me that you said he was stupid. You ever hear one <laughs> of those types of things, right? Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's another side of the story. I didn't quite yeah. say that. So. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, you, you mentioned, uh, and, you know, I, I heard you and Adam both say earlier that the, the board and administration there in, in Oconto, you know, gets along well. You, you, you said that's why we trust you, right? I mean, what, so 
how do you keep that relationship strong between board and administration? I mean, what listening is one thing, you know, trust takes time. I mean, how, what do you do to keep those, they keep that working relationship strong so that the trust remains so that, you know, the, 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 your, your administrators and teachers know that they're heard and know that you trust them. How, what do you do specifically to get to that level? Well, I, I know our board workshops together. Mm-hmm. Um, Every other month before our meeting, we do workshop with not necessarily each other, but a more casual setting with an administrator presenting material or they're teaching us about something. We do our summer workshops together. Um, I think just an open line of communication too. Now, if, if a parent came to me and had a concern, I'm not going to solve the parent problem. I'm going to go to whoever the concern is about. Let Adam know if it's in his building. I'm going to say, hey, Adam, just want to let you know, got this phone call. They're concerned about this. Can you follow up? He's like, yeah, and I'll get back to you. You know, it's not my job to do the micromanaging. It's not our job as any board member to do the day-to-day stuff, but it is our job and our, you know, our job for our community members that voted us into this public office to hear their concerns and follow up on them. Um, I think with our board, you know, it, it's sad sometimes when you have, we haven't had a whole lot of turnover, which has been good because then that trust you can build, you have that relationship with your fellow board members. Um, you know, in some districts, there's constant turnover. So that really must be hard. But there's quite a few people on our board right now that have been on there for three, four, six years. And, you know, over time, it, it takes time to build that trust up and having casual conversations and trusting that what they're telling you is is what they're hearing and, and what they believe in. And as far as the administration part, I think for a board to trust their superintendent, you know, they, they have to be willing to ask tough questions too. And um, I think sometimes that's really hard. You know, it's very, you have to be very vulnerable when you do that because you have to admit sometimes that you don't know something. Um, and that's hard for some people to do. I know um, it, 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 you can put yourself in, in a moment of that weakness where you don't look as, you know, as, as strong as you want to be. So that can be hard, but I, I think you need to ask questions of administration, but do it in a manner that's professional and not condescending mm-hmm. and not judging. Um, I don't know if I've ever had to call Adam personally about a concern. Um, maybe one administrator, two, maybe in my time that I've been on the board mm-hmm. about things, just to give them a heads up. Um, otherwise, I, you know, our superintendent doors, her door is always open and um, she's always willing to listen. But I, I think, you know, the trust comes in, in the proof of the pudding, you know, trust what your, your community members say, trust what each other says. Our committees, um, you know, our subcommittees that we have, we trust them to do a lot of the, that little minutia work and then bring it back to the board to to share their information with. And I have a lot of faith in them. And mm-hmm. I guess you just, you, you know, that as long as their heart's in the right, sp- in the right spot and their, their decisions are data-driven and it reflects what are, it reflects um, right back on our students and, and their improvement and their learning and our teachers, the culture of the school. I think as long as those things are moving forward and they're done, with good intention. I don't know how you could go wrong, but trust, trust can be hard. I, I don't know if I've ever had a situation where I've, I've had to question it um, totally on the board, maybe once, maybe once or twice, yeah. but that's not bad for nine years. So. No, not at all. Not at all. Jeff, you don't know this, but opposite of the board workshop every other month you have a listening session as well, right? That's yes, the opposite do. of that. And I think that's a, uh, a little used opportunity that our community doesn't take advantage of enough because not every board has that. And, you know, where parents or community members, business owners, whoever they are, can come in and just talk to board members and the, and the superintendent about a concern or a praise or, or whatever, whatever they want to talk about, they can bring it. 
and then that then it can go to the board. So the the um, listening session committee will then forward it on to the board, and maybe it becomes an action item in a future meeting. But we have sometimes months with nobody, and yeah, uh, and that's a shame. Yeah, it is. Yep, we could really tackle a lot of things that way. We could, and, and I've sat in a couple of those you with you, Adam, too, in the past. And it's, I think I like the interaction with that because during the public comment section, you can't comment, you can't ask questions. But during this listening session, you know, for that half an hour before the board meeting starts, it's an opportunity to have a conversation yeah. and to ask questions in a comfortable setting, non-threatening. And, you know, it's good for community members because sometimes, and we all know, standing up in front of a large group um, can, is intimidating and it's hard. And this is, you know, just a bit more safe to do. And then of course those board members would bring it back to the bigger boards. So it is, it's a great opportunity for our community members, staff, parents to come, to come forward and have that discussion. I wish it was used more. You know, I think that um, this, you bring up a good, a bunch of good points there, but, you know, being on the board and I can only imagine that um, obviously your board can't always agree on everything all the time. Nor should they. And nor should they, right? Yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a very good point. So, so I mean, how do you navigate through um, board member, um, I don't know what the right word is. Discussion when you know there's disagreement, mm-hmm. when, you know, I mean, what, what is the bottom line and who, who, you know, you want to, you want to come to agreement together, right. As a board, you don't want to ever say, you know, this is my way or the highway. It, it can't be like that on a board. So how do you, I mean, what are some of the best ways that you found as, as president or, or when you were not president, I mean, to navigate through some of those um, discussion, difficult discussions, maybe amongst the members. I think again, listening, um, I guess when I'm sitting in that chair as president, you want to hear every single board member's point of view and what their feelings are on that. So, I mean, I have asked if people aren't willing to share right away or haven't contributed, you know, I I will ask for their opinion because I don't feel like our board should make a decision without hearing from everybody sitting at that table. You know, I think that there's some, there's some illusion that, Hmm. you know, once you're on the board, you can make all these decisions, but it's, it's, everybody has a vote. I don't have, I do not have the final say in anything, nor do any of our other board members or, or anyone say we can only vote as a group. So the power rests with the group, not with an individual. So um, I I think when you're coming to those decisions, you want to make sure every single individual is heard. You know, I I like to play devil's advocate sometimes um, and, and throw out the opposing view just to see, you know, what if you do this, this is the other side, what could happen? What is what does that lay the groundwork for, you know, what precedent doesn't set going forward? Um, how does it reflect on our community? How does it reflect on the students? And we have some good talking points and some good, um, you know, some good parameters that we have to make those decisions on and just bringing it back to that. I think when, when people are discussing maybe a tentative topic and there is some discourse and people aren't always seeing eye to eye, we bring it back to the data, bring it Mm. back to the kids. Um, cause it, you know, you, you can take it personal sometimes and I have, but it, it's not about me. It's about our school community and it's about those kids in those seats and about our teachers that are standing in front of them. Um, and the taxpayer dollars that are going towards that. So if we keep that focus, I think that we can get those disagreements or maybe not seeing the eye to eye to come, come more to a, a concise agreement. Um, 
I also think that it's okay not to, to agree with everything. I've seen some conversations swayed and I'm totally fine with that. Mm. You know, whatever the group decides I'm fine with. And as a board, that's one of the things you have to remember when you leave that room, the decision is the board's decision. Um, you know, you, you don't talk bad about it. You don't, mm. you, you don't discuss that, you know, it's, you made that decision as a board and that's where it lies. Um, and I've seen us all meet in the middle too. You know, maybe somebody doesn't seize it this way and someone sees it another way. And you kind of find a way through talking and discussion and seeing those different sides and those different viewpoints, you do meet in the middle and make a better, maybe even a better decision than what you guys thought at the beginning. So, yeah. 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 It, it, I appreciate Yeah. I was going to say, I appreciate your approach because even at the last board meeting, there was a, um, an item on the agenda that was discussed. It was for approval or not approval, but essentially the discussion led to postponing it. And I think that's that's a great way that you know yeah. find out more information, come to a good consensus, and then the next month you can vote on it again. Because most of the time, the things that you're voting on are not you know immediate; they're not nine one ones. So that was a, should that they was be? A, yeah. Yep, that was a great way to handle it. And I think that's again when I talk about the board and the the stability that we have. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's critical. And and Chris, I'm glad to hear you say uh, you said two things. Bring it back to the kids. Uh, but before you said that, you said, bring it back to the data, because sometimes, you know, what I think is right for kids may not be what you think is best for kids. I think we have the same desires, the same, same interests. However, if you bring data into the mix, there's some, you know, there's, there's no way to refute that, you know? Um, so if it shows that this is what's best for kids, you know, like currently right now, we're looking at some, we use Panorama as kind of like an SEL. Mm-hmm. Um, we do too. Do you? Okay. Mm-hmm. So in Ashwabana, we do. Adam, have we used that in O'Connell? No, we are looking at. Um, it's a different one we use. Branching Minds. Okay. I think it's a, okay. like a competitor to it. Okay. okay. But, but but with same with same results. So yep. Panorama gives us some really great data, and one of the one of the things that we're looking at right now is is, um, is a student's um, um, is just that culture piece, the student's sense of belonging. And yeah. so, you know, uh, you can, you can easily say, okay, well, we're going to make these decisions based on the kids and, and the kids, um, all feel great here in the school and they all feel comfortable in the school. But then when you look at the data in our shows, currently 29% out of the respondents feel, feel like I feel a sense of belonging in the school. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's 70% of the kids who did take the survey that don't feel connected to the school in some way. So what are we going to do about it? So I like that you said, bring it back to the kids, what's good for kids, but also bring it back to the data because that's that's critical. The data is telling us a different story sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Enough about Chrissy, Jeff. I want to hear how you're fixing that because we have a survey. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it too. <laughs> yes. We had a survey uh, every two years. Our state uh, offers it to us. It's called the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. And 54% of our students at high school feel like they don't belong. So it's a little bit better than what you're saying, but right. it's not it's not good enough for me. So what enough. are you doing? And well, maybe what are you doing to help that? Do you, right. do you, do you guys come well, to any um, consensus? Jeff, do you know if the Panorama survey even breaks it down and say, what it, what does that mean? You know, what is, is there any subcategories? So you don't feel like you belong. Well, in what way? 
there are subcategories okay. and there are, and it even breaks it down into individual student data too. So mm-hmm. uh, really, uh, it's really powerful. It's really powerful stuff. So I, I don't, we, we just started looking at it and I know okay. that it's March, um, but our kid, you know, the pandemic has played havoc on everybody mm-hmm. and we would in, the, but I'm glad that we're looking at it. I'm yeah. really glad we had almost a thousand kids here at our upper campus out of 1700 kids take this, take the survey. Thousand is pretty darn good. Um, for, for results for kids to take a test. So now what do we do about that? So yeah, one, share that once you decide, because Adam right. and I are all over it. Right. So, so we, we, we know that student voice is critical, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to hear from students. So we were going to look into a couple of different um, uh, youth summits that we're going to hope we're going to create, hopefully in-house um, hearing from teens, putting on a, a, a youth leadership panel, put on by teenagers, um, looking at different ways that we can make sure that every single student is connected with at least one adult in the school. And for 1700 kids, that's a tall task. Mm -hmm. However, what if we went to like the middle school model and we broke like the senior class into houses, into three houses, then you're talking about uh, around 200 kids per house. And they could have house meetings and every kid could mm-hmm. know who their house leaders were. And there's all kinds of things that we could yeah. do. But again, this, you know, you know, we've got to have every single adult on board. And that's just it, because I know at our school, we're doing um, like a mentor thing with kids and teachers could sign up to be a care buddy or a yeah. mentor buddy, but not everybody did it. But I think that that's also a result of what we've gone through the last two years. Everyone's just like, you know, and we know as teachers, educators, Tax. anybody Tax. at this time, our cups are overflowing. Nobody's, nobody's sticking the ladle in and taking a little bit out right now. Um, So, and you, and you want to do a good job with all of it. Um, And you want to reach those kids. But I was one of those ones that signed up. I'm like, yeah, I'll meet with a kid. We can have lunch, you know, even if it's a, Hey, have a good day, put it in their locker, those types of things to let them know that we're still Mm -hmm. there, you know, and it's not a kid that I would see normally. So I'm looking forward to that starting. So that's one thing we're doing um, to help with those kids to make sure that, you know, they're noticed that they're seen. little bit more and some of those were surprising some of the you know when we looked at individuals or little subgroups um there were some that i was like i would have never thought that you know so i I appreciate those surveys they do give us a lot of good data they are well and like somebody pointed out like the 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 kids who are taking the surveys are are not the kids who are ditching school they're the kids who are here they're the kids who want to be here so this is an important group you know we we know about the kids who aren't here well, mm-hmm. but, I mean, we know, you know, we have some yeah. ideas, attendance problems, home, home issues, perhaps, but the kids who are taking the survey are the ones who are here and, and only 29% of those kids feel a sense of belonging. That's a problem. Yeah. They're telling us what they need. We need yep. to get to them. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. well, we'll we can fix some of those things, but we would also break Chrissy's leadership at the board level because they've done a good job at balancing our budget, you know, with Janine's help, of course. Well, that is, uh, that is, that is all Janine. That is all Janine. If we were to do houses, Jeff, at our high school, I'd have to hire about another 15 teachers. So Chrissy, if you want to tell Janine for me, we're going to start hiring next week. I I wish, I wish. Isn't that the case everyone's facing? Yeah. And I saw that the state of Wisconsin has frozen our state aid for next year. No increase, but yet you guys know everybody listening has fuel gone up this week. But we're not going to get any more money, but you're going to, yeah. oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. That'd be crazy. What's important? And maybe that's, maybe there's a conspiracy there. I don't know. The common theme that I like in Chrissy, this started back when we first started podcasting, when we started meeting people from all around the country and literally the world that we're not alone. And I think that um, the pandemic has provided us 
easier access to Zoom and Google Hangouts where people maybe had never used those tools before, they are now using them willingly and often. So like Jeff, I'm gonna be reaching out to you when you start to meet and find out some more of those answers relating to the connectedness. We're doing it too, so I'll share my notes with you. So That's great. We, but in the past, we wouldn't have, I wouldn't have considered contacting McHenry High School because you're large. And I would have thought you had different problems, but you just told me the exact same thing that I'm struggling with in our building, how to connect my students. How do they feel like they own it? I want them to own that high school. So what you're doing might work and maybe what I'm doing will work for you. So we're not alone in this. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I've learned through the pandemic is everybody is facing similar challenges. And if I don't have it here, maybe Ashwaubenon and McHenry have it. Maybe it's someplace in Louisiana that has it, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Right. We're stronger together. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And, and there's teachers out there doing great things and in schools and administrators, like te- all good teachers do, you take from other teachers. So we have to learn from each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. Chrissy, what, what, I mean, I mean, what, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people, I used to be on a board. I was on a board of education for, for one school year. And then uh, we had to move. Otherwise I might've stayed on longer. I but thought you were recalled. Recall? No. <laughs> no, 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 not recall. No, but I mean, what, what would you tell somebody on the, on the, uh, who's considering joining a board of education? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, what, what would you, would you encourage someone to join? Would you, I mean, what would you say to someone who was on the fence and didn't know they, they, they had the time maybe, but uh, how would you sway someone to either join or say, Hey, maybe it's not for you right now. I mean, what would you say? I would say that it's, it's a worthwhile endeavor to try. Um, I don't think they'll ever regret it. Mm. I think that it's, I think it's, it's somewhat, you don't know until you try it. I think it's, it's more than what they think it is. Um, I think it would be great for them to see the other side of what really goes on Mm. in a school system, especially if they're a parent in the district or um, a new community member. I, come to some board meetings and see if that's really what you want to do. So if they're thinking about joining, come to some board meetings. Um, a lot of times it's just Adam and I and the board and the administration sitting yeah. around and a couple of people, you know, I would love to see more people attend just to get information. Um, so if someone was thinking about joining, I'd say, come to a couple of board meetings, meet mm. with the superintendent, talk with one of us to see what it totally entails. We do have a um, brochure in our district office that entails yeah. what it, what it means to be a board member, what your oh, job great. really is. Um, cause it's not what people think it is. And, um, it takes a lot more time than what people also think it, it you commit to, um, there's subcommittee meetings, there's workshops, there's special board meetings, there's expulsion hearings, there's, mm. um, you know, come August, we'll be having quick seven o'clock meetings for 10 minutes to hire people because people have left and we need to hire new people before someone else gets them. Right. Um, right, Adam. So yep. um, Adam's like, can you, can you guys, can you guys meet tomorrow? Can you meet? Can yeah. you meet? Yeah. Yes, we can get a quorum together. Um, so it's, it's a lot in a lot of communication back and forth. I think, you know, if you have young kids, if um, I think you can find the time, it's worth it. It is such, it has opened my eyes and has allowed me to um, bring more to any conversation I have, whether it's in my own building, because um, I sit in some meetings and they're like, well, I don't know why they do that. And I'm like, well, you you got to understand that this is the, you know, the, the protocol that they have to go through. It's not that they're doing it to us. They're doing it because this is part of the process. Yeah. So I think that seeing being a teacher and a board member allows me to bring some of that back to my own team. Um, mm. But I think if, if someone wants to run, I don't think they'll ever regret it. They should try it. Um, 
and, and it's an investment in our kids. It's an investment in our future and our community. So it's, it's, it's worth it. You make it sound like it's more than just a monthly meeting at seven o'clock. <laughs> it uh, is. Wow. It is. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> well, sometimes people think that's what it is. But... They do. They do. And sometimes people think you're paid too. <laughs> well, well, I love it. Uh... Some people are paid. Some I know that our district is paid, but others don't. So that's okay. always another discussion. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. The board packet, I had access to the board packet a couple of times, in, even this year. And at one time, my computer wouldn't open it because the file was so big. Mm-hmm. So that's how much information is being shared to volunteers, mm-hmm. essentially. I mean, like you said, some pay is included, but it's not going to it's not going to boost yeah. your retirement. You know, you're yeah. not going to retire early because you're on the board. Oh, gosh, no. Um, we used to get the board packet on a Friday. And then um, I know when Emily or Brenda took over, I'm like, can we start getting it earlier? Fridays, yeah. my weekends are busy sometimes, yeah. too. So you know, and I guess when I got on the board, I knew what I was getting into too. So I think talking to that person is huge. My grandpa was on the school board um, back in the late sixties when the high school was built, built at him. I think you can see my grandpa's name up there. Yep. And then my dad um, was also on the board late Mm -hmm. eighties through the nineties, a little bit into the two thousands. He went back when they built the elementary school and they did the middle school too. So I think, you know, talking with them, I, I'm growing up around it. I kind of knew what it was going to be about. I listened to my dad on many late night phone calls and during the day and reading the packet. So I guess I had a glimmer into it. So if people are going to join or thinking about running, do it. You're not going to regret it, but talk to a board member first and come to some meetings. Mm, good, good advice. And the only reason she was able to hear those phone calls is because it was connected to a wall with a cord. Yep. 20 foot long. <laughs> That was one of my best Christmas presents ever. I got a 25 foot cord for our home phone so that I could stretch it to my bedroom. That was, that was privacy <laughs> back then. Now they just want to, they want a 25 foot charging cord, right, Adam? Yes, exactly. Yep. With a thousand dollar device in their hand. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. So Jeff, we're not too different. The no. Concerns, you just have more numbers. That's it. Oh, I mean, really the, right, the good right. things are the same and the bad things are the same or the challenges. Yeah. I wouldn't say bad, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Challenges, the challenges. It's, it's difficult. It's more, you know, it's opened my eyes. You know, I ran, I, I, I ran a high school of, of 700 kids and, and this year, you know, I'm at 1700 kids plus the other side of town. I run that too, uh, the freshman campus of 600 freshmen over there. So it's just, it's just, it, it is, it is different. It is different to run a high school of triple the size that I'm, that I usually uh, would lead. And, um, and the, while the problems are the, are, are the same, um, they're, they're tripled, mm-hmm. <laughs> which the makes quantity like, of them. How the do I reach them? Right. Yeah. How do I reach them all? You know, it's, it's, again, you can't, we're stronger together. Like you said, Adam, because I definitely can't do it alone. So. Uh, before we started talking today, officially, when we hit the record button, we were talking about the Cubs, but I had a flashback, and I still in my office, it's hanging still, Is but it? Mitchell, Chrissy's son, gave me a big Cubs flag, Jeff. Nice. Yep, it's still hanging in there. Was that from your dad or your grandpa or somebody? Um, my dad and grandpa, the ones that were on the school, yeah, they yeah. were big uh-huh. Cubs fans. Yep, many nice. trips down to Wrigley they made, and um, it was always on the big satellite sitting in the living room watching grandpa watch his cubbies um yeah so that's how mitchell's room was decorated when he was when we built our house so when he grew up adam got the cub cub banner that's that's (laughs) incredible well i am hopeful the for the cub season this year very hopeful i'm just ready for baseball yes the weather that i kind of that comes with it too Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that Cubs flag has been flown upside down. It's been hidden on me. It's been everybody yeah. takes their shot at that Cubs flag, Jeff, but it's still hanging proud in the office. That's fun. That's yep. fun. Good. Keep it there. 
like yeah, loaded with like, post-its with derogatory comments. I think that was Jesse Delfos, but he won't admit it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great. That's great. <clears throat> so, Chrissy, you've had a long time in your classroom. You've had a long time on the board. You've had generations of educational leaders. You've been spurred on from your your local neighborhood childhood friend mm-hmm. to get into the field of education. So, what are you hopeful for for the next? five, 10, 15, 20 years in education? I'm hopeful for teachers and administration and anybody that steps foot in a classroom to have that open mindset and that glass half full. I think if we start our day that way, I think um, instead of thinking of all the, you know, the things that can go wrong on a daily basis in education, I, I think if, if we listen and, and have that glass half full approach, I think it makes your day go better. And I know it definitely makes the kids day go better and whoever you're working with and around and for. Um, Cause you know, I was always taught if you, if you have a complaint or if you're gonna whine about something, you have to have three solutions, then how you're gonna fix it. Mm, That's yep. words from a brother-in-law of mine. Um, and I think, you know, I've just, as you get into it and day to day to day and it's everything's different, you just have to go into it with an open mindset. So that's what I'm hopeful for, just that continuation, um, especially from the last two years. I know everyone's, keep, you know, I'm hopeful for, to not have to say that anymore in yeah, the future too, yeah. because that's getting old and it's in verbiage and I'm tired of hearing myself say it, but it, it's true right now. Um, I think having that positive outlook and things getting back to normal will help with that, but glass half full makes my day go better in the morning. Mm-hmm. It did today. Till about two thirty, then it yeah. then it got it got a little empty towards the end. You need but, some battery rechargers. Yeah, or a diet coke. Well, I can live by that. Jeff, could you commit to that? Well, absolutely. Half, half glass, glass half full. I mean, I love that. I, I like the thought about like let's stop thinking about what can go wrong. You know, and mm-hmm. so, somebody here actually it was one of one of my kids, one of one of my seniors said. It's not okay to have this mindset that, oh, I can't wait for spring break. And then after spring break, oh, I can't wait for the end of the year. Like, let's not have that mindset. Let's think, let's be, let's be joyful for and look forward to something in the everydayness of the week, right? Instead of forward to the next day off, you know? And I love that. I love that that came from one of our kids. And that's the, so yes, I can commit to that. Let's stop thinking about what can go wrong. Let's start, stop having the glass half empty, you know, mindset. I love that. So that's great. What, what could go right? Yeah. And what could instead, what can go right? And let's find a way to make that happen. Yep. Yeah, I love that. So. Chrissy might be thinking, boy, I can't wait for this to get done. I'm hungry. <laughs> no, because then it's laundry and dinner and oh, those yeah. other things. All the, all but no stuff. homework tonight. No homework no tonight. Homework. Well, this has been great, Chrissy. Thanks for coming on the Principal Leadership Lab with with Adam and I. It's been great to get to know you and talk with you about all things education from the board side, from the classroom side. I really appreciate your perspectives. Our first board member. You're not a board member. Never. No board members on the show. So it was great. Congratulations. How long ago did you book this, Chrissy? Was it two months ago, three months ago? January. Yeah, it's amazing. So. I think so. Is it popular? Glad we're able to get it. First time for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right, Chrissy. Great to see you. Take care of yourself, Adam. We'll see you next time on the Principal Leadership Lab. Thanks.